Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things like their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews. I, I take the morning bike ride and I just. Oh, oh, I want to hear more about that, but go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Birds with Friends on a Friday early morning. And just to set the scene for the listeners. This is the start of a marathon recording session. Uh, Zach and Sheil are going to be on vacation next week. And so we're recording three episodes, starting with this one, which is going to go up today, but then another one later for next week and another one after that for the following week, which will be the mailbag episode. So there's a chance that this stuff could get loopy. We're, we're settling in. It's going to be an interesting thing. Maybe you should save all three and listen to them in a row as they're recorded, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Sheil, how are you? Uh, I will put the over under for times. I plug uh, the Shield Kapati Instagram account. Let's set that at 17 and a half. Okay. Over, does it include uh, this one? Three episodes. Yeah, it does include uh, this one. You know, if you were on there, you could see the text exchange uh, with my dad. You could see the Indian Patrick Mahomes and on vacation. You know, who knows what I'll see? I could be posting all kinds of stuff. And I promised you, Bo, that I would finally post a video of my mom slicing a mango. And so uh, between now and training camp, that will be up there. For the, I mean, for the longtime listeners who have been with us in the beginning, that video will have been, you know, four years in the making. And it is mango season. Mm. Uh, Zach, uh, how are you? A long night for you. <laughs> yeah, long night, but I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited for this podcast. Uh, I, I don't mean to get sentimental with the three of you, but like, I am, I'm going to miss this for the next few weeks, you know, when I'm with vacation uh, on, on vacation, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with my wife and my kids and it's, it's wonderful, but there, but I can't turn to any of them and, and, and be like, well, what? you're going to have the, the rest of your life with them. <laughs> no, but I can't be like, what impact is Richard Rogers going to have on the tight end room? You know? So, uh, you remembered Richard so Rogers. I look proud. forward to these podcasts and so the fact that we're knocking a few of them out today it's it's fun because it's three time it's it's three times the enjoyment but it's it's not the same as uh as jumping on on a thursday afternoon talking uh, talking eagles and whatever else is on your mind i now mean to is- be fair uh my, my reaction to the richard rogers thing would probably be the same as your family's but uh <laughs> but i'm sure we'll uh we'll, i'm sure Bo will dedicate a whole segment to that I think I think you're going to be a little bit more exasperated than they are. Um, and then uh, just like a natural a natural tension 
a natural drama built into this episode is that uh, you know there's a little there's a little stomach bug going around the wolf household went from from Rachel to Casey and and all expectations are that it's it's just a matter of time before it hits me. So over the course of this episode, it's mm. possible that, you know, we get we get me throwing up on the pod for not the first time. I, That's right. I, I hope you're OK. Yes. Well, I, I don't mean to be uh, uh, clandestine with our listeners when when Bo was referring to a, to a late night. I was I was like, all right, I, uh, I, don't don't want, yeah. I don't want people to think I was on you were like hitting a the casino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I was, you know, like all father's experience. I, I, I something came up with with my daughter last night. We were, we were in the emergency room. Everything's OK now, fortunately. But this is like a draft night podcast for the next three hours mm. in that I'm, i might be a bit loopier than typical well and as your people want as your lovely wife said uh this is a good it's a good father's day episode exactly exactly well said it was funny that like i i told you i said this to you but uh like casey's never like thrown up before you know so it's weird to like see a person throw up for the first time and see their body do that like what a weird what a weird sensation to go through Nias was in the car. I remember I picked her up from uh, daycare preschool and uh, we're driving home and all of a sudden she just throws up out of nowhere in the back of the car. So we pulled over, uh, cleaned her up. She, she actually wasn't hysterical. And then we we went home and had a uh, a fun time cleaning it up there in the back of the car. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it's so throwing up is just so weird. You know, so you, weird. You, you can't control it. All of a sudden stuff is spewing at it. Oh, yeah, we don't need to go further into it. I didn't see this on the rundown. Well, Casey yeah. had Strange a good, bodily function. Casey had a good um, a good comedic timing moment after his after his first throw up, because like when when he like uh, when he gets hurt or something uh, like like bumps into something or falls down one way to like calm to to calm him down is like I will you know, say he bumps into a chair, I will say to the chair, like, hey, chair, don't do that. Don't do that to Casey. Mm, uh, classic. You know, you know, you do that classic move. So so after Casey, you know, gets through his first throw up, he just goes, stomach, don't do that. <laughs> nice. It's very good. So no, Yeah, this wouldn't work for that. But I would suggest the chair thing, you want to take that a step further. Like you got to go over the top. Oh like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Depending on how, depending on how hysterical how upset, he is. Yes. Yeah. I will. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta turn. You might need to beat more. the hell out of that chair. Oh like, yeah. I'll you know? stomp. I'll yeah. stomp on the ground if, okay. if he trips or something like that. Yeah. You gotta do all that good stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, for the one of these three episodes, that's going to be timely. We might as well send it over to the stone cold newsman for the latest on the birds. The Eagles made two notable transactions last week and one notable transaction this week. They signed tight end Richard Rodgers. Dick Rod! Who, who uh, is entering his fourth season with the Eagles, believe it or not. You know, that it, it, it shows uh, just how long Richard Rodgers has been around. And, In his fourth separate contract, right? Exactly. Uh, and then they also... Brought in Michael Walker, who was with uh, Jacksonville in 2019. So there's a Dave Caldwell connection. And then a notable signing this week, the Eagles added Nick Mullins, who will be their uh, third quarterback after we spoke on last week's podcast about them cutting Jamie Newman. The third quarterback is now Nick Mullins, who has starting experience, of course. If you recall that Eagles 49ers game last year, Nick Mullins was in the lineup for that one. So pulled. Uh, ostensibly he'll be competing with Joe Flacco for the number two job, but he probably profiles more as a 
number three quarterback. I don't want to call him a camp arm, but um, unless the Eagles keep three quarterbacks, he seems to be insurance for Flacco at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's no competition, right? Joe Flacco guy, you, you needed right. to give him three and a half million guaranteed in uh, April or whenever it was. So like he's on the roster, right? I mean, I mean there's, yep. unless he gets gets injured. So I it really, Nick Mullins is why you don't sign Joe Flacco in uh, whatever month it was 100%. for three and a half million guaranteed. I mean, you could get Nick Mullins right now. Uh, Nick Mullins is not a great quarter. Sorry, Zach, were you done? I know, you know, Flacco oh, yes, gets no, me no, riled no. up. So <laughs> yes, I just yeah, launched it. This is my only like Eagles take of the three uh, <laughs> podcasts. So I'll just get it out of the way. Uh, you know, Nick Mullins is not good. Nick Mullins is fine as a backup. I think he's a backup caliber quarterback. Uh, he's going to be less costly. He is coming off of an injury, but you know, 64.5% completion, 7.9 yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, uh, over the last three years. Now, last year was 23rd in EPA per dropback. If you look at the last three years, he actually ranks 26th out of 41 qualifying quarterbacks, Joe Flacco is 36th. Yeah. Joe Flacco is 36th there. Now I think those numbers are a little bit, you know, deceiving. I don't think anyone would say Nick Mullins is the 26th best quarterback, but again, as a backup cheap quarterback, I I always viewed him as kind of like a poor man's Kirk cousins. Um, So I don't know. I'm sure Bo, you have something, but it's a back. I mean, it's a backup quarterback. What do you want? Go look at the list. You could have thrown anybody on there. It had to be cousins. Okay. So uh, anyway, the, the right thing, you know, the smarter thing to do for the Eagles would have been to not sign Flacco to wait until now, or they could decide Mullins back then if they wanted to, uh, and had him be the backup quarterback. I don't totally understand, uh, you know, why he's on the roster now, I guess. Are they going to keep three quarterbacks? Um, Is he a camp arm? Like you said, if in case one of these guys gets injured, I guess in August, then you have another quarterback where you can just plug in. So I guess those are the reasons why. So uh, I'm fine with it, but it should be uh, instead of Flacco, not in addition to Flacco, in my opinion. So, I I mean, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, Like this is exactly why you don't sign Joe Flacco in the second, in the first week of free agency. Like you wait and see what happens. Now Mullins had uh, elbow surgery. So that's why that's part of the reason why he was still available. Uh, and, and lasted this long and I think he had it in January, but uh, yeah, I mean, like he's younger. This is, it, this is a, a totally fine signing. I mean, there's, there's probably a signal that, you know, Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to bring him back as a third quarterback. And, you know, I'm sure you have to color his, uh, his numbers by playing in a quarterback friendly offense. I mean, he did get pulled. I mean, not, I would go easy good. there. They had, they haven't exactly, you know, lit it up with their quarterback decisions yeah, that's in San fair. Francisco. That's fine. That's true. Um, but like he's good. He's is a totally fine would be, would have been a totally fine backup for them to sign. And now it's like all it all it does is remind us about how bad the Joe Flacco signing was. All right. I mean, really, we don't need to spend that much more time on it unless Zach has right. something to add there. I mean, I I'm not as like sour on the Flacco signing <laughs> as you guys are. It's 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 a that relatively, wouldn't be possible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a relatively small move. I mean, Flacco has a lot of experience. I, I get where he is at this stage of his career, but if 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 I'm gonna put like my flag on top of the hill or whatever the expression is on something, it's not <laughs> like gonna be. That. It's, I'm in on that. I don't know if that's the expression, but I'm in on that. It's it's not going to be that 
they should have gone Nick Mullins over Joe Flacco, right? Like, like there's a lot of other opinions that but I. It's will not like it's it's, on, it's any, anybody like Nick Mullins. Mullins. What's that? It's the it's not like Nick Mullins over Joe Flacco. It's it's don't rush to sign Joe Flacco and then sign whoever's available, like someone like a Nick Mullins. I don't know. Fair enough. It's we have a uh, we have an assignment, uh, one of these league wide assignments where you know they they ask one question to every uh, beat writer. And uh, it was like worst offseason move. And so that was a very easy one to answer. <laughs> All right. There you uh, go. As for uh, as for our old friend Dick Rod, uh, two big, two big things to talk about here. One, of course, the enormous flu world order implications as uh, uh, evidenced and uh, caught down by uh, our dear, dear pal, Dennis. Uh, I had Richard Rogers as a nine. Shield had him as a 15. Zach had him as an 11. So that puts me in the lead right now in the flu world order uh, of predicting whether these guys are going to come or go. Uh, Zach Ertz is still a possibility and would give uh, Zach a win. And then there's a bunch of guys, um, you know, like your J.J. Ortega-Whitesides and uh, Andre Dillards who could who could make an impact down the road. But for now, do is there any the scenario where I can still win this bow or am I finished? Well, we don't know. Uh, well, let Dennis see. do the work. That's not our job. That's Dennis. I, feel like if, job. I think if Sudfeld comes back, no, he signed somewhere. Oh, okay. Oh, so would like have to, he, all right. I think he gets the. I think he gets the whole year. Um, otherwise, yeah, you're pretty much done. But Zach mm-hmm. has a chance if if something else happens. And then, of course, the other thing, uh, as was pointed out to me, maybe the the biggest uh, accomplishment of my professional career uh, when the Eagles made this signing, Dick Rod was trending in Philadelphia. Now I thought that was a little, uh, a little whiff worthy by you. Like, like we're sure that you were the only one or the first one to use Dick Rod. I, I mean, I wouldn't describe that as like the most creative. You no, know, I mean it's a very down the middle nickname for his name. But I certainly don't. I don't. I don't believe that it, it was in the uh, Eagles zeitgeist until I was going hard at it, at it. Zach, what do what do you think about this? You know, I uh, you keep someone, tabs on everybody. No, but someone congratulated yeah. us um, <laughs> like they sent the three of us uh, when that was trending. And I wanted to respond. I have absolutely nothing to do with this. One. Yeah, don't, me too. Don't, don't attach me to any uh, credit on uh, this Richard Rogers nickname. So if Bo wants credit, by all means, you can have the Dick Rod credit. Yeah, we'll take it. There you go. All right. Now I did, I don't know what else we have planned for this episode. Me neither. Uh, but I did write my Eagles chapter. And so um, if you wanted me to share any nuggets in there or throw some questions your way or get into some actual Eagles talk, uh, if we lack other things to discuss here before we get to the real nonsense, then let me know and uh, I can be prepared to do that. Well, why don't we, uh, have, have, have you given a formal like pitch of a preview <laughs> of what you're working on? No, and I, I mean I don't know that anybody cares, but uh, it's a it's just like a season preview guide, basically. You know that it's going to be a chapter on every team, kind of deep dive on the um, the rosters, the analytics, the direction in the franchise, some scheme stuff. You know, just it's just an introduction, offense, defense, and then sort of a forecast, which I, I'm going to basically pick every team's record um, before I go on 
vacation here. So uh, that'll be it. Uh, it'll be available on The Athletic. We're not sure when, probably sometime in uh, late July. Uh, you know, I don't want to compare it to The Beast because it's nowhere near as good or um, as useful as The Beast, but it'll be that type of thing where you can just kind of download it and, uh, you know, it can get you caught up on uh, all 32 teams before the start of training camp. I think you need to sell it a little harder there. First off, I am very excited about this. I think a lot of people uh, are interested in, in this. So give it a, a little more credit than that, or a lot more credit. And I would say that uh, growing up, there was like a summer tradition for me where I would get the preview mag, you know, the college football preview magazines, the NFL preview magazines. And that is how I would get up to date on every team. Right. And uh, and and so I can't wait because this is going to be uh, an introduction for like every team. I, I'm I'm ecstatic about it. And I think our, our listeners would share that excitement to, to about. So I'm about 20 years late to market here. Well, that's OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but this is a new way of doing it. Right. Like Dane Brugler's guy. Some things never go out of style. Yeah. You know, either. And- Either you, you will find that, it useful. That, that washer jingle in the background. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, do, you, it's a much, do I need to a, send you a new washer and dryer? Do we need well, to this is like a, it's it's much more pleasant than the yeah. you know the the <laughs> the grating uh, dryer buzz. It's okay. it, you, it does sound a little bit like a, when you choose to do laundry. Is it you just march? Is it like when you know a podcast is coming up in a half an hour or something in your body? <laughs> well, says, let's go do laundry. As right now? as I was uh, as I was talking about, uh, we had we had a lot of throw up on the sheets mm, last night. So right. there's a, okay. there's a lot of there's a lot of dirty laundry that needs to be run through uh, over gotcha. the next couple of hours. Okay, we so, had like um, we had like four four costume changes. Uh, over the course of the night last night. Yeah, so, that's anyway. dis- I mean, yeah, it's really <laughs> parenting is disgusting. Leela had a nosebleed last night. It's like there's always some kind of like substance coming out of your child's body. Jane was eating. Uh, Jane was eating. Um, we had like like a like a ground meat uh, last night, and so when I changed her, you know, you play you play the game. Is this poop or is this the food that she was eating? Just mm. falling down her shirt. You know, poor Marissa is going to have like a, a rundown of this episode, you know, and, you know, she's she's going to uh, be talking to people in the company and be like, yeah, they spent 15 minutes on substances coming out of their, of their children's. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, you don't, the episode. you don't even play that game, right? I mean, if there's a more than a zero percent chance that it's poop you just well, yeah. assume it's poop the the it's a risk reward type thing well, yeah, right? I mean, not, either way i'm not putting it in my mouth but <laughs> oh god all right throwing it away. Drop. but this one i was i was it, this one i believe was the ground pork so okay you know no so there you go uh yes the, so the guide will either put you will either be very <laughs> so into it or it will uh, it can put, help put your children to sleep one or the other so either way go ahead and download it yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we can talk uh, talk about your birds chapter. I mean, otherwise okay. we're just going to be talking dick rod for another forty five minutes. Okay, so a couple things here. So uh, you know, I, I think we drop EPA or, or I do uh, on the on the pod from time to time. Basically, just a you know performance efficiency stat like uh, DVOA, but it's not adjusted for uh, the opponent. Um, so a couple things I was looking up here. Uh, I, I looked at their splits with Hertz versus Wentz. And so when Wentz was the quarterback, uh, where do you think they ranked in EPA per play? 31st. 30th. 31st it is. When Hertz Dang. was the quarterback, uh, what do you, where do you think they ranked? 26th. 25th. 
They were 21st, which was higher than I was uh, anticipating yeah. there. Again, very small sample. Don't read anything into it, you know, much into it. But I, you know, it was at least, it's always a little bit useful when you look at it and say, all right, same coaching staff, same supporting cast. How did the offense perform? Uh, they were much closer to league average uh, with Hertz than they were there with uh with when so i thought that was somewhat interesting uh miles sanders in some of the stats i have in there you know what is, what is your miles sanders take going into this season like what do you think the eagles have in him i think my miles sanders take is that they should be running him into the ground over the next two years wow i mean miles if you're listening i'm sorry <laughs> that's my take my my take is like let 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 him eat over the next two years and then let him go Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think they 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 did much justice to him last year because I would think by this point we would know what he is. And there was so much optimism about him after year one, and rightfully so. He showed so much promise, especially as a pass catcher. And then last year he was a, a big playback, right? We spoke in last week's pod about five-plus yards per carry, but he had those big runs. He wasn't used like a featured back. And so – I, I think this is the year where you're trying to ascertain what he is. And uh, to, to Bo's point, he's eligible for contract extension next offseason. Uh, I, I don't think you can pay a running back good money in his second contract unless you think the guy can be like a top of the league back. And uh, I don't know that yet about Miles Sanders. So this is a pivotal year in determining his future. You know, I'm, I'm not saying you want a guy for like, uh, you know, a six-year deal or whatever, but you you might want to have, you know, years four to six in his career uh, locked down. And and if that's the case, they're going to need to know that by the end of this season. And I think uh, the oh, – well, no, I was going to say just on the, on the, the pass-catching thing, I mean, like, it's – we talked about it so much last season where, like, the connection with him and, and Wentz just seemed, um, you know, bewitched. I guess like they, like they just could not get on the same page. Um, and I, you would expect that seeing what he did as a rookie, that, that, that is going to rebound. Um, I mean, I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's a, a top third of the league running back. And I think you can probably replace him in three years. Yeah. I, I find him to be a pretty confounding player because uh, on one hand, uh, what Zach said, the, the numbers bear it out. Sanders had three runs of 50 plus yards. You know, that that was tied for the lead in the NFL. So that is going to juice your yards per carry at the same time. He does have that uh, home run ability. But there's this stat called success rate that uh, our uh, true media uh, has. And basically, it just looks at was it a positive play or a negative play based on EPA? And he ranked 15th out of 70 players in success rate. And so that would suggest that he's a little more consistent mm -hmm. than maybe he gets credit for. It's not always boom or bust, but I think the film grinders would, uh, you know, look at it and say, all right, he doesn't always hit the hole. He, he doesn't always go where the play. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, I, you know, I just, I have like a tough time um, figuring out what I think of him as a player. So, you know, certainly will be uh, someone to watch this year in terms of Bo, you mentioned his receiving numbers. Yeah, it was a disaster. I mean, Wentz to him last year was like one of the worst combinations I've ever seen uh, co covering a team and the numbers bear that out as well. Uh, they had him down for a lot of drops. Like they had him down for the highest drop rate 
of any player who was targeted at least 50 times. Um, I think there were, I would have to go back and look at it. I felt a lot like of those was, were on Carson. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, there were, there were some of those plays. You're just like, that was a terrible pass. That was a terrible pass, but maybe you should have had them. So um, that's something else to uh, keep in mind there with Miles Sanders, Jalen hurts. His numbers as a runner were pretty interesting. Uh, only Josh Allen had a better success rate than uh, Jalen hurts uh, among players with at least 60 carries. However, do you know how many fumbles Jalen Hurts had last year? Mm-hmm. Well, this is and some of them were Kelsey snaps, right? right. Some yeah. of the year, there were yeah. like three of them that were Kelsey snaps. Or okay. Something like that. But yeah. So what was it like 11? He was, he was charged with nine fumbles. Okay. Which was just too short of the, uh, of the league high. And he, I mean, he played 30% mm-hmm. of the snaps. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that would be something else to go. Like, these are all things to go. It is, he, it was, a, it was an issue in college too. It is, a, it, it yeah. I mean, the numbers are a little bit inflated, but it's a real thing. So that like some of these quarterbacks, it's the same thing with, with Josh Allen. And there's a, a couple others where like their running numbers are really good when they take off good things happen, but the fumbles are such like, uh, you know, low floor plays that can kind of change the course of a game that if you can't get that corrected, it's sort of like, all right, what do you do with this guy? Now, I think with Hertz, you have to include him as a big part of the run game. If you're going to maximize his talent, uh, I am curious to see though, like what Sirianni's approach is with that. Cause it's not like he's coached these quarterbacks that have a similar skill set to, uh, Right. to jail and hurt so it's i don't not, know what they're going to do there and it i mean not to not to uh, belabor the point but it goes back to flacco because like if you're gonna if you're gonna give jalen hurts the best chance to succeed and if you want to get the most out of jalen hurts implementing him into the running game is a is a huge part of what would make him as good as possible and what would make the offense as good as possible and so it's weird to sign a guy like joe flacco as the backup because it indicates that you're not building the offense that way. And, you know, that's fine. You, you, you want to build what offense you want, but you're not tailoring the entire offense to his particular skill set like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson in year two uh, when you're signing a guy like Flacco. So um, it's, it, it, it's like a little bit of a concern that they're not giving Hertz necessarily the best chance to be his most, the, mo- the most successful version of himself. And why do you think what? that? Why do I think what? You know, I mean, I th- I think that just by Hertz having the chance to start, they're giving him a chance to be the most successful version of himself, right? Like, like how many, how many if second round to picks- make him be like a pocket passer um, and discouraging him from uh, pulling the ball and running with it when that's part of what makes him like that's what made him good last year when he was good. What I mean, he ran for like like what four hundred yards. It was it would have been it would have been a thousand yard season over the course of a year. Um, no, I, I, I see your point. I, I just think like if, if you're Jalen hurts, just having this pathway to the starting job is, is more than almost anyone in your situation. And when I say your situation, I mean, a second round pick who was drafted to a team that had a quarterback signed to, you know, a, a, a nine figure contract. Um, that's, that's like positioning him to succeed as, as much as anyone could. The, the fact that they well, cleared the pathway for him to start and show whether he can be the quarterback or not. Well, and, I mean, and, you're not and they announcing also, him as the starter. It's not like, you know, they're not, it, it's not like they're building the Jalen Hurts offense. Well, I was going to ask you this. Is there, uh, is there a non-zero percent chance that Jalen Hurts does not start week one, injuries aside, that a healthy Jalen Hurts does not start in week one? Is there like, a, is there a 1% chance or more? 
that the coaches will look at this in training camp and, you know, something will catch their eye and their evaluation will say we are going with somebody else. So let me, uh, uh, I I guess the caveat to the question is somebody else on the roster who's on the roster. Somebody on the roster. Yeah. No, I I think, yeah, I don't think Flacco or Mullins are the week one starters. Non-injury, non-COVID related. Exactly. Now I, and I keep saying this, like, un, uh, I will not rule out, I will just not, I will not dismiss the Deshaun Watson possibility um, until like there is some type of definitive understanding of what's going on with Watson this season. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, if you're just looking at the quarterbacks on the roster, then no, I, I think Jalen Hurts will start as long as he's healthy. I, mean, I sort of feel it, like I'd give it one turkey at least. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's a it's at least one percent. I don't know, one to three percent. I don't think it's likely, but if you're a first time head coach and you're preaching competition, what happens if Jalen Hurts comes out and has a terrible training camp? Uh, Nick Mullins is like the kind of guy that like it feels like coaches are like, all right, you know. We like a Nick Mullins. The, the ball's going where it's supposed to. You know, he's he, he's operating uh, from You're the pocket. Mullins over Flacco. That's interesting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to entertain the possibility that you know anybody is going to have to watch Joe Flacco. I could be wrong. You know what's funny <laughs> though? I it was funny at at, at that practice uh, that one we got to see. Like it, Joe Flacco has such a distinct throwing motion. It is like it is kind of cool to see it in person. Like, you know, he, it's the kind of throwing motion where, like, you know, if you just saw the silhouette uh, and you didn't see, like, who it was, you would know it was Joe Flacco's uh, throwing motion. It's yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if Joe Flacco's the quarterback, they should, they need to be just throwing 40, 50 yard bombs every play. Like, if they do anything other than that, uh, <laughs> to their 5, 10 receiving crew. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what happens in that scenario if Hertz is terrible in training camp in the preseason and one of the other guys is a lot better? They still go with Hertz? I mean, how how bad must a quarterback be I don't in know. a controlled setting? You know, like that's that's what I don't. You know, it, it would have to be a Clayton Thorson like summer. <laughs> oh man, um, poor Thorson. Sorry, Clayton. 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 Middle name is Clayton, by the way. Yeah, for the for there to be any, I I just think that Jalen Hurts is like precisely the player who would seem to do well in a controlled setting. And he had some oh, good nice. He was pretty good at training camp. At least the practices yeah. I came to last summer. I was a little smitten First with day, him. First day, it's Quez Watkins on a bomb down the right sideline. Everybody remembers that. And they're trying to tell me Nate Sudfeld's going to be the backup <laughs> over him. I remember that. Yeah, took, it literally took, I, I, it literally took, took I was like at one practice. One that was my take. I remember. Yeah, I we all did the exact same thing. I mean, and my initial take was like, like to be fair, Doug Peterson to his, you know, to his word, week one. Nate Sudfeld was the backup quarterback, right? <laughs> it true. lasted one literally week. week two. Yeah. It lasted one week, but for week one, Nate Sudfeld was the backup quarterback. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay. Uh, some, some other numbers with Hertz here. Uh, you know, uh, NextGen Stats tracks this expected completion percentage where they look at uh, the distance, the separation of the receiver, where the throw is on the field, how much pressure the quarterback's under, and they kind of label, all right, that throw had this percent chance of being completed, and then they come come up with a total uh, percentage. What do you think Jalen Hurts' expected completion – you guys understand that, right? The expected completion percentage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think – it? where do you think it ranked among the 41 qualifying quarterbacks? So 30. Like the, 30. Mm, 37th. These are the types of throws he was making, not whether he made them. Know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. I see. So this I, is the I degree of me. difficulty okay. Okay. with the throw, not not whether his accuracy was good. It was, uh, you know, what the expected completion percentage is for every gotcha. qu- quarterback. Uh, then I would say, and and so what? One is the easiest. Uh, yeah, like 41 would be the guy who's making kind of the highest degree of difficulty throws. One okay. would be, man, they're scheming stuff up for I me. Mean, all the, these throws should be completed. Uh, 27th. I will go 28th. 41st. Really? Wow. Last. So if you're looking at now, I, I, this, so, so there are a few layers to like this stat, right? One is you can look at it and say, wow, coaches are doing him no favors. Look at these, mm-hmm. you know, throws he's, he's attempting. You can look at the supporting cast, man, they must be getting no separation. Um, you know, he's making, he's making difficult throws, but the quarterback does play a role. Here, right. right. Also, I mean, he's not necessarily throwing it when he should. Right. right, right. We don't. Yes, that that is the part that. All right. Maybe he's he's choosing the wrong receiver uh, to throw the ball to that kind of thing. But I did think that was pretty interesting. And like a number two, you can sort of track this year. Is he getting to make easier throws? But he was making harder throws basically than any other for whatever reason than any other quarterback um, who played last year. So I, I thought that was interesting. But he was also still below expectation on what he did complete. Right. Correct. Yes, he, he was. Um, he, he completed 52% of his passes and his expected completion percentage was 55.5, which is well, really terrible. But that helps though. I mean that, yeah. Like if you're, if you're, if you're buying the upside, like, right. Hopefully, hopefully he's not going to be throwing passes that are an expected completion percentage of 55. Right. And if you're buying the upside, a couple numbers, uh, 7.2 yards per attempt is certainly not bad for a first time player. And uh, if you look at EPA per play, he actually ranked uh, 21st 
in that, which is sort of an, you know, an efficiency thing. And that takes into account the scrambles also. So just basically what was happening when he dropped back to pass, what was the result? Uh, Like that's not bad. Wentz was 31st in EPA per play. So again, he was, he was giving you more than Wentz was um, last year, but I think a big key is going to be, can they scheme up easy completions for him uh, in this offense better than the previous coaching staff did. So I, I, I mean, if they can't, then they shouldn't last more than a year. Yes. I guess to what degree right. I, I should yeah. say not uh, completely uh, Dallas Goddard, my boy. I thought, uh, you know, if you, if you look at all the stats for like Zach's their, boy too. <laughs> their pass catchers, I mean, it's terrible, right? The whole offense was a disaster. No one's going to look good. Uh, where do you think he ranked in yards per route run among 45 qualifying tight ends? Does Dick Rod qualify? No. Okay, because he would have been. He didn't, he, he, been didn't, he didn't run 200 routes. That he was been my arbitrary third, number. Um, Lemur checking in from the ninth. zoo. Uh, Defop Lemur checking in from the zoo. He's rocking in the rocking the birds with friends T-shirt, and he got his first. That's a great podcast from a stranger. So nice. Shout out, oh, shout out, appreciate that. Shout out to the zoo crowd. Yeah, we're big. We're, we're big with zoos. I like that. And Zach, you had a good. Uh, you had a good uh, drop in from one of your brothers. Oh yes, he said. Uh, he said shotgun. Uh, he said shotgun. Or I'm sorry, not shotgun. Water gun to my <laughs> shotgun to the head. <laughs> sorry. He said water gun to That's my head. That's much different. During a meeting at work, and his coworkers uh, looked at him. I guess they're not listeners. So I, I, I will also say the same brother. I mean, shotgun to the head. What I do? Yeah. The yeah. same Please brother. Don't don't make uh, do not make the, that a thing. This this same brother had had. Um, a very honest critique of uh, my performance on the pod last week. Missed oh. Bo, missed Bo in the host chair. Wow, I was, way, I was way too stilted as a host. I need to be much oh. more natural. <laughs> I don't you know, think that's I, fair. He said I sounded like I was interviewing Shield. I, sh- I I need to be much more conversational. It's it, it, he, he said it seemed like I just met Shield. Not that we've known <laughs> each other for years. So uh, it was uh, look. That's that's the type of criticism that that uh, that I. That I need. I, I will I, say too. I enjoyed listening to the show on the drive back from uh, from the beach last last Friday. I will say two things there. Uh, one is, uh, it's you know, I thought you did a great job, but it is about reps. I mean, Bo, sure. how many? You know, Bo mm. never gives us a chance to host Zach. So you know, he's hosted probably ninety five percent of the shows, maybe higher. And so you know, it would be bad if he was not uh, more natural in that position. Then we are. And number two is, uh, I think that's beautiful that your brother <laughs> gave you that feedback. Really. I think one of the biggest issues people have is they don't have people in their lives who will like, uh, you know, tell them how it is. It could be with anything. It could be with very little things like, you know, uh, something they're, they're wearing. We're like, dude, what are you doing? You look like a complete clown right now. Like you cannot do that. Like you need, and I, I, you know, for me, it's probably more in the friends category. You know, there are certain actions that uh, actually we just had like a, a situation like, uh, this, my wife, I, I won't get into too many details, but basically my wife was telling me about something, uh, you know, that an acquaintance of hers uh, was happening. And I said, like, uh, you know, uh, how are the people around this person allowing that to happen? Like, mm. that's a bad life decision. And someone needs to tell them. I was like, if I tried to pull what this person's trying to pull, my friends would be like all over me. Like, what are you yeah. doing? You can't do that. And so it's it's a very underrated, like, 
that you need that is like a very important thing in life to help you not make uh, terrible decisions. You need people sort of uh, shooting you straight, giving you feedback like that without uh, you know hurt feeling. And maybe there will be some hurt feelings well, at times. But I was going to okay. say one very delicate version of that. How do you feel about like let's say a friend has a significant other that uh, everybody everybody in the friend group believes is not the right person for them. Well, like, have they have, I mean, are they married or is this like, no, uh, not married? Um, yeah, that's a delicate one. It's a very delicate one. I, uh, on one hand, I I feel like it's hard. You don't want to, you know, everyone's relationship is different. And so it's hard to always be sure about that. But if there are like deal breaking tendencies there, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you might have to voice those. I don't know. I don't think I've ever voiced those. I, you know, I, m- my friends have, have made, I, I think, good decisions with their uh, significant <laughs> others who I like. So I, I don't know that I've actually been, I'm trying to think if I've ever been in that exact situation. And I don't think I have. I think it, it would need to be something like so egregious that, right. you know, you, you, it, it can't just be like, I don't like this it's person. I don't like being around them. It, 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 oh, it Bo, you be, have a specific thing you're dealing with? I have with a right specific now? one. Oh, and what's okay. a, what, what is, what it's, it's the kind of thing where um, everybody was just hoping that this thing would, uh, you know, take its course naturally. And it yeah. did. They broke up and everyone was like, oh, like, thank God. Like you, that is so good. Like that person was just toxic to you. I hope this woman's uh, listening right now. Right? Well, it's, it's actually the reverse. <laughs> oh, the reverse. Uh, the okay. guy, the guy is the, is just like one of the worst, one of the worst guys uh, gotcha. without being like, you know, physically violent. Um, and then they Jeez. got back together. And so it's like, well, we can't just take back what we said. Yeah. All right. So the person knows yeah. how you feel. Everyone feels about it. Yeah. All right. Well, at that point, there's nothing else you can do. Well, too, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless, yeah, like you said, if a song is, you know, it, it's not like no one is uh, in, in danger. danger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, you, you, that, that's actually a good scenario. Like you, you've been able to speak your piece. And I feel like um, now if, if, uh, is it a she? Yes. Okay, so if she is probably, you know, those thoughts are in her head, that feedback's in her head, where if she's weighing the pros and cons of this relationship going forward, uh, you've delivered that feedback. So that that probably, you know, I think you did everything you could there. Okay. To uh, Shields' point. Wow, this like got having- intense. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, what were we even talking about here? To I Shields got a spreadsheet up here with Boston Scott and Richard Rogers. That's funny because I have a spreadsheet up here with the list of uh, 36 uh, starting caliber quarterbacks oh, and uh, okay. some updates on their vaccine statuses to get to. Well, to uh, uh, real quick, to end this conversation, man, and to get back to what we were talking about with Dallas Goddard, uh, to, uh, to Shields' point about having people uh, be honest with you, like I – have a Bolton board at my desk, right? And, and, and you know the term Bolton board material? Well, I literally have something written up here um, from one of my brothers from December 20th. Uh, your Friday notes are getting stale. Should be more like Zach Lowe's. And <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, and, uh, and I have that up on my uh, on my Bolton board as, as like <laughs> motivation. Like you need to be more creative. You need to, you know, you can't, you know, you need that's to tough. find. No, I this think is, that's great. Honestly. This is important. This is important, right? You, you, the complacency is the worst character or not the worst characteristic, but in our business, it's such a bad thing when, when, if, if you feel like someone's getting complacent. So well, absolutely. I got to say, I also got to say like, 
if anyone's work at the end of the Eagles season, like at December of 2020, wasn't getting stale, you know, <laughs> fair enough. I'd fair like enough. to meet yes. that person. Fair enough. That I mean, that's a that's a brother who cares about Absolutely. his, you know, his, his brother's profession and wants him to succeed. Like he's not just being a jerk about it. I mean, he's he's consuming the content and giving valuable feedback. That is fantastic. Absolutely. And, that's how and, all that's how these relationships should yeah, work. I agree. I agree. It makes you better. Now, do you do you have a chance to uh you know return serve? As this goes, do you, do you have a chance to tell this him? This is he's a peek into Bo's mind. He also, that's take it as feedback. He's like, "Have you been able to crush him on anything?" No, but I mean, I don't want it's got. I don't want it to be a one way street here. I don't want Zach no, to be so the only one getting criticized from all the brothers. No, first off, it's not criticized. I mean, like they'll compliment me if there's a good story or if, if there's a good podcast or if I if I have a point that. That they, but that do you get like. to review his books and say, oh, it looks like you made a bad deal here. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but you got a little lazy. But, but no, but that's that's the nature of our job, right? Is is that like we have a public facing job. You know, I I can't look at what they do and 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 yeah, and, and I think like, you this was get, a bad I think deal. You, should you get made. the opportunity to sit in on a couple of meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you should have should have pushed harder here or should have tried a different negotiating tactic yeah. there, right? So uh, but 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 that's good. That's that's what and I then like recommend and then recommend he you know he'd be more like uh, you know some some famous uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah, you could you you could have you could have gone a little more Buffett here. <laughs> I should I should ask him permission before I talk about him next time. Let's mm-hmm. let's 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 roll back to Dallas Goddard. Did we uh, did we answer the question where he was no. in yards per route run? Or I said I was going to say like nine tight ends. Zach, um, I was going to say twelve, eighth. Eighth, okay. Man, so I'm like pretty, in a, in, in a, a horrendous offense, that's a nice efficiency number there. If you're buying Dallas Goddard in this increased role, uh, assuming he can stay healthy, having a monster season, uh, you know, maybe uh, you know that that would suggest maybe there is some potential uh, potential there for him. All right, let me see what else did I have here. Um, the offensive line stats I thought were better than I expected. If you like mm-hmm. um, ESPN's pass block win rate, which it was is crazy. Yeah, it just, and again, I think we talked about this a lot during the season, probably where we don't agree it was this good. But basically, they just measure using the chips, uh, the the GPS trackers, how uh, often a quarterback is pressured within two and a half seconds of the snap. So basically, it's saying, all right, you know, that's the offensive line's job. Give them two and a half seconds. Anything after that, if you get pressured, like the the scheme's bad, the coaching's bad, the quarterback has to get rid of the ball. Uh, they ranked. Where I had it here, eleventh, twelfth. I don't know where it went. All right, I think it was eleven. I think it was eleventh in. Uh, yes, eleventh in pass block win rate. I'll tell you what's interesting about this. Where do you think the Colts ranked last year in that stat? Sixteenth. Uh, I'll go fifteen. They were twelfth. So, you know, it, the argument that Wentz is going to be, you know, right. ha- uh, great with this much improved offensive line. Now, I do think the Colts offensive line is uh, probably better than the Eagles. And I'm assuming that the Eagles guys are not going to all stay healthy because they've got three guys 31 or older. But I don't know that it's going to be this like major upgrade. And I think it's Jim- I think Jimmy Kemsky pointed this out. But like it's not like 2018 and 2019. The Eagles were trotting out a terrible offensive line, you know, like right. like Wentz has played behind for the majority of his career he's played behind a really good offensive line so um that that's something to keep in mind as you're rooting against the colts uh but rooting for wentz to stay on the field so that the eagles get that uh, the draft pick they're looking for well and it was one of the most interesting parts of jeff stylin's press conference i thought um 
is he he sort of caught himself. He was he was starting to say that you know what what we did last year was probably my best coaching job. Yes, yes. And he sort of caught himself because he didn't want you know. <laughs> now listen, like I, all like nobody wants to win more than me. I care about win winning more than anything. Like that's the number one goal. But the point is that like getting all of these. I mean, you know, we talked about it. They were like fourteen different offensive line combinations. They had like you know, 12 different starters or something like that. And that they were able to like just tread water and be average was like, it was unbelievable that, that he was able to accomplish. Yeah. He, he, he gave the example of, of watching a giants game uh, and seeing yeah. uh, Jordan Mailata and so Opeta on like yeah. a combo block I mean, knocking, buttering me up yeah, Sue in there. It was really uh, nice. Knocking the giants defensive linemen's on their butt for, a, like a seven yard gain by Boston Scott. Right. And, and right. like the, the implication there is like, this should not be happening, you know? Yeah. That does well, have to be that, cool as a coach. I it's mean, that, he's putting like, a lot of time with those guys. Right. It's, it's, I think it's not that it shouldn't be happening. Right. And it's more just like, this was such an unknown. Like exactly. I had no yes, idea that's, that's how this point. was going to go. Yeah, that, and that, like, to, yeah, to, that's to actually point. see the exactly. fruits of my labor is really cool. Exactly. But, but that like, if, you know, not to take away from, from Stoutland, but there's, if, if he's watching the 2017 tape and he sees Lane Johnson and, and Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey on the right side of the line, Ooh. like that's, that's great coaching right there, obviously. But also those guys would probably thrive. Right. Regardless, you know, uh, for my lot of Opeta that do that with Boston Scott behind them against a good defensive line, you know, that, that says something about the way you're coaching these guys up. They had 11 different starting offensive linemen. And if you count the Brooks injury, which, you know, it was the offseason, so I, I don't know whether you mm -hmm. should or not, but their starters, projected five starters from like the spring, missed a total of 40 games mm -hmm. last year. So it's kind of like when you're looking at it, at it this year, you know, they've got, again, they've got three guys who are 31 or older. Those guys are probably going to get, you know, somebody's going to get injured at some point. You're going to miss some games, but it was pretty dramatic last year. You know, if you look at football outsiders, adjusted games lost, they had the most injured offensive line by far in the entire NFL last year. So, you know, I feel like I don't some think of it's a stretch. I don't think it's a stretch. Like if you're, if you're talking yourself into the Eagles, you know, overperforming, I don't think it's yes. a stretch that they could have a top five offensive line this year. That's, uh, that's not, I, yeah, crazy. I would agree with that. I was going to say top 10, but yeah. yeah, if you know, who knows if those guys each play uh, 12, 13 games, then it, you certainly it could be, uh, very good. So some of these numbers, like if you're uh, this time of year, every fan base wants to be hopeful, right? You don't want to go into a season being like, we're going to suck. What draft pick are we going to get? So I, I thought those were just some of the things that I looked at that kind of um, surprised me a little bit. And then the last things I would say is um, just overall in adjusted games lost, they were the third most injured team last year. Uh, they had the, uh, they had a very tough schedule when you just look at uh, DVOA last year, I believe. And this year, they have the third easiest schedule if you're looking at BetMGM's uh, projected win totals. And uh, good again, good, good uh, company synergy by you there. There you go. So those are some of the things that uh, stood out. All right. <clears throat> and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about these quarterbacks, huh? Okay. Oh, is this what we're doing? Okay. We've got uh, we. You know, I always I don't know if how you guys when you like think about you run down the teams in the league in your head. Where do you start? You I mean you go division by division in your head, right? But where do you yes. start? I go to. I go to the uh, ESPN, uh, you know, not, sorry, I'm not being a company. No, man no you're here. doing it in your head. Yeah. Like, oh, in, in my if head, you're trying in your to head like, let's say you're just yeah. thinking of the 32 teams in your yeah. head. I start in the AFC East. I think I start in the AFC East. I start in the AFC East. Interesting. Really? And then okay. I go, yeah, AFC East. Uh, and then so I switch up South North, depending on just which one comes to mind first, then the West, and then I cycle through the NFC. So. Okay, thanks for that. How, I wanted to see how you guys' minds work, yeah. you know? Uh, so Zach Wilson, we start with, um, declined to answer whether uh, he is uh, getting the vaccine. Now, I will read from uh, I will read from this blogger who wrote this. His, his name is Florio. What a segment. Um, and oh, I was wondering. I was it like... It says <laughs> uh, here, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I don't know. This was not on the run, though. I don't know how anyone could read through all of this. Uh, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson uh, called it a personal matter. Uh, while it's a personal decision, insofar as each person has to make the decision for himself or herself, it shouldn't be. A, it's. I mean, who could read? Who could read all of this? Uh, so anyway, Zach Wilson has declined to answer. I think that's a that's a no for him, as we would have expected based off his, uh, his mother's Instagram. Uh, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills um, has also indicated that he uh, has not been or will not be vaccinated. He says, what the right answer is and how to go about it, we're not sure. And we're trying to get a conclusion. But are you really going to go through 32 we're of letting, these, by the way? Well, not everybody is on the record, but I'm gonna, I am going to go through. And there's 36 because there's a couple quarterback competition. Uh, but at the same time, we're letting everybody make their own personal decision on this matter. And that's really all I have to say about that. Okay, so over two. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa has not uh, talked about it, but the Dolphins are one of the two teams that have already passed the threshold, the 85% threshold, according to Albert Breer. So maybe, maybe he's done it. That's a, we'll give him a speculative yes. Well, just real, really quickly in terms of this part of this, that's actually newsworthy. Uh, like we're going to know, right? I mean, there are different <laughs> protocols in place. <laughs> For players who have been vaccinated and not vaccinated, I, I didn't actually get to read well, I don't through know. all of, all of I mean, those. There, but isn't there are that much true? different protocols. But I don't know if we're like we're not going to get to see them getting tested every day, right? But I don't know. They have to wear mask. They have to wear masks if they're not vaccinated. I think so. The, I believe so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, NFL is making it like uh, I mean, they can't require it, or I suppose, or right. perhaps they can, but it has to be collectively bargained. But, um, but they're making. But it they're as, making. Yeah. They're really incentivizing uh, being vaccinated. Yeah, I think it. I, yeah, I think part of their strategy, and you know, I, I don't know that I, I know Bodo's it uh, is going to want to give anyone credit, but I, I mean, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting strategy where if you're really pushing it, like 
you're not just going to be able to say it's a personal matter. It it's sounds possibly, like. it's possibly the single uh, best thing that Roger Goodell's ever done. Okay. There you go. So yeah, I, I think like just with the protocols in place, once media starts covering these practices, uh, it will be pretty obvious who has been vaccinated and who has chosen not to be vaccinated. Uh, Cam Newton uh, hasn't said anything. He had COVID last year. So um, I don't know if that means he's going to be more or less willing uh, Mac Jones, uh, Nick Saban has been very pro vaccine, but uh, Mac Jones has some odious politics. So I'm uh, not sure there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't talked about it, but I would imagine that um, his head coach's wife is urging him not to get the vaccine. But the, but the politics thing, I, I mean, I, I, like I, I, I'm frankly uh, have not paid a lot of um, attention to the quarterbacks like you have, but I, I don't know. Is it a like, no. I, I don't even know if it's fair to frame it as a I don't think it's fair to frame this as a not political always. thing. Not always. No. Okay. I mean, I mean your for, your favorite moronic. former president got vaccinated, right? Well, I mean, he had no choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the bottom line is, I think it is like, uh, I think it is disqualifying if you're a quarterback to not get the vaccine. Like your whole job is to um, accurately assess information and make good decisions, and uh, to be this uh, selfish. And stupid, uh, I think, tells me that like you don't have what it takes upstairs to be good. But then again, Tom Brady's probably not going to get it. So what do I know? Uh, I don't. Re- yeah, I don't really understand why why somebody would choose a, a specifically, like you said. I don't understand why a quarterback in the NFL would choose not to get vaccinated. I don't understand why. Uh, I don't want to get into like, the, the deep conversation in this. I have trouble understanding the the logic of you know anybody not wanting to get vaccinated. Now, if at, there is uh, one, if there is one quarterback in the NFL who has a reason to distrust doctors, it would be Tyrod Taylor. That's true. Hmm. So I don't know about him. Uh, what? You oh, say? I, I thought you were going to give me something. Like no, he, I don't have. No, still, I'm just, okay. I just have like he's the only guy I would forgive. Okay. Uh, uh, Carson Wentz. What do you guys think? I have no shot into your head. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I would. Okay. I'll guess. just give you the guys here who have, uh, who have some newsworthy stuff. Um, oh, we're still going. Okay. Lamar Jackson declined to answer. That's disappointing. Um, Joe Burrow seems like a speculative. Yes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has gotten the vaccine as, but has- then later Lamar Jackson said something like, I don't know. It sounded like maybe he has, so maybe I, he I don't has. know. He on, just didn't yeah. want to, he didn't want to get into it. Uh, Herbert has and uh, has been evangelized, trying to evangelize it in the locker room, uh, although the, the Chargers have one of the lowest rates in the league. He's uh, a biology supposedly. major. Biology major. Matt Ryan has gotten it and been very vocal. So shout out to uh, Zach's former <laughs> baseball rival. And Exton uh, um, Mall, Mr. Bulkies. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think Russell Matt Ryan Wilson. Will be insulted to think that he's my old baseball <laughs> rival. Uh, that's his number. That's the number no one thing. On his, it's probably going on his tombstone. Uh, Russell Wilson did a PSA thing about the vaccine with uh, with his wife, so it would have been a little bit hypocritical for him not to get it. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, he's not going to put that poison in his body. Who are we kidding? Um, Joe, now, uh, Joe Judge has a very weird quote um, in which he said, uh, the answer is yes, I did get vaccinated, but I want to make something clear. That's not any kind of statement, all right? One way or the other. <laughs> That's, that's pure and simple. We were at, like, he's, he's like, he's like, he's mad at himself for getting it. Like, 
No, I just don't think he wants to. Why? Well, I, I don't know. He, Isn't that a very funny? Why is it controversial? I don't. Why is it I controversial? I mean, you're the head oh, coach I missed too. That like, one. <laughs> he was so nervous about it. Like, I mean, he, you know, he's he, he he thinks it makes him not as tough. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, uh, we know, has not gotten it, um, and said he hasn't gotten it. I think that's about. Oh, Kirk Cousins, of course. I mean, we all knew that was going to happen. And of course, Matt Stafford has a a wife who was very uh, anti-mask. So who knows how that worked out? Okay, there you go. I liked the what was the Bruce Arians quote? I thought that was fantastic uh, about bringing the expert in. Specialist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I'm did he say? I, I'm the expert. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I, I like mean, Bruce I wonder Arians. if the court. I don't think the quarterback's going to follow his lead. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, my, uh, you wanted to get my thoughts on last week's show, Sheil. Uh, I thought it was very good. I only had one note, and that was um, it didn't seem like Zach caught that you just made up a person's name at one point. Oh, I did. I did. I do that on purpose. No, well, or I, I screw know, someone's you, name you, up. You said uh, whoever it was that who you said is the new Titans offensive coordinator never heard of the guy. Oh yeah, I hadn't either until I wrote the Titans chapter. Really? I don't feel bad. He's he's the former Raiders. Todd offensive Downing. Yeah, 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 he's the former Raiders. No, offensive that's not a real person. Come on. Absolutely. He was their tight end. Oh, that's someone's playing a joke on us. That's not a real thing. Okay. Should we give a Sixers take since this one's going to be out uh, in time? Yeah, let's do it. Do you have anything to say? That was ugly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm ready. To... I'm, I, I don't, I don't, this is not, uh, this is not a new. I don't want to call the fight prematurely though. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I've seen enough of, of, uh, of Ben Simmons. I know that that's I know that that's uh, reactionary, but like, come on, let's get let's get a new running mate in here for for the big guy. Uh, I thought for me that the Sixers loss helped me realize that I really have no emotional attachment to like any sports teams anymore. Mm. Uh, this will, I mean that that uh, I feel like people do find that weird and uh, it will it will anger some. But no, like, I agree I, with that. I didn't really feel anything at the end of that, and and I was sort of like you know thinking towards the end, like, wow, this will really be like a memorable moment if they actually blow this. Like, this will be much more memorable if you're a Sixers fan. In 10 years, you'll be talking about this game more than if right. they won by 12. And um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of been uh, like withering away, I would say, over the years. I was certainly a big Sixers fan uh, back in the day. I still watch the games and like following them, but I really don't feel anything when teams uh, win or lose anymore. I don't know if that's a sign of old yeah, age. Normalize, normalize a sociopathic uh, fandom. You know? What do you mean? Like not feeling anything, but still paying attention and, and like but, following. I, I mean, well, look, I, oh, or I'm sorry, go on. Shoot. No, go ahead. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to get like, like really emotionally invested. Um, like I still pay attention to way too many sports and follow lots of sports way too closely and lots of teams. But like in terms of like my emotional reaction, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's basically reserved for, uh, you know, like a team that my sister is coaching. Yeah, I would say I would say if it's if I have a like uh, forthcoming news on that front. Maybe. Oh, later, uh, oh, later oh. Summer, yeah. 
if I have a strong take on something, then of course you want to be right. So it's like, oh, sure. if, if I made a big prediction on something, then like, that's what I'm rooting for. Um, or you if, put a little lettuce on it. That's really you what you're trying. You're, that's on, what you're yeah. trying. That's the yes. reason to put lettuce on it is to, is to is give happen- yourself a reason right. to, yeah. Which that ha- that's been happening a lot, and that will continue to happen a lot throughout the uh, <laughs> throughout the summer as a, a a very fun way to follow some of these games. Yeah, we need uh, we need Tony Fina to make a run here. Brad Rutter on Jeopardy. I would say that's the last uh, time that's, I felt really I think, emotional yeah. and like intense about it. Um, and I'm sure once my that is kids, that is it. We I think we said it at the time, but like yeah. that is my most pure fandom. I would agree with that. Or uh, I'm sure one, when and if my kids choose to play sports are, right. or are, are competing in anything that will be intense, but it was different. I wasn't sure if it was just the Sixers team. You know, I, I do feel like it's a weird team. It's sort of like um, all the arguments around this team are very exhausting. Like, you yeah, know, it's so true. From I, mean, like I don't even hinky, like bringing up the Simmons thing. Like, right. From the hinky truther stuff, you know, like I, I was never like uh, on like one end or, or the other with that, um, the Simmons stuff, you know, it's almost like a lot of the arguments around the Sixers team, you have to pick a side and like defend it at all costs, regardless of what new evidence uh, presents itself. And it, uh, I, don't, I don't know if like, if the mob mentality is the right word. And I don't know mm. if it's just with the Sixers, but it feels like if you Mamba? say something that like a lot of people don't agree, like it's a, it's a very pile on type um, uh, community with some of this stuff. So like, I don't even like tweet really, you know, I used to like tweet about the Sixers a lot. I feel like, especially when they mm-hmm. were in the playoffs. And now I'm just like, all right, is this really worth it? Like people are <laughs> just like so crazy about this that uh, I probably don't have anything I should really add there. And again, I don't know if that's just Sixers, if that's just like the sort of uh, o- online community right now with everything, but that's sort of been, it hasn't been as, uh, as fun for me. And also like with Embiid, I, Absolutely unbelievable player. I will at times marvel at, you know, what he's able to do at his size, but just in terms of like the kind of player I pure enjoyment I have for watching, that's not it for me. Like, like the Durant Mm. game two, two games ago, that was basically basketball perfection to me. There's nothing Mm. I I would like watching more than that type of guy who's just almost, he's almost too alien. For like like uh that's like a, true like a like a Lillard or or yes. Steph Curry those that's who I wrote down a little bit more for me I but. have this I have that this written down in my notes the Durant game five was to me as great a viewing experience as there is Durant Steph Lillard like I, I guess it's the great scorer the creative great scorer right. who can just come down like like that stretch Durant had with like three possessions in a row where you're just like oh my gosh this guy is unstoppable on fire great score like that is my um the type of player I like to watch the most you know I actually I'm, like I, I because he's such an interesting personality I I I enjoy watching Joe uh, okay even though it's not aesthetically the kind of player I would normally like I just like he is so interesting um but I otherwise totally agree Zeeburb, don't you feel like the connection to like the Iverson finals team was a different experience than like what Sixers fans have with this team like that? I remember that year, it just felt like, you know, everyone's watching every game. Like there wasn't like a huge controversy. You know, there were no huge controversies. It was just like, all right, we all love this guy and we love this team. And you have Iverson and a bunch of like nobodies who just fill specific roles, like watching Eric Snow 
as the defender on like a two on one where you knew he was actually going to either draw a charge or like deflect the pass or, you know, George Lynch is just like, I will guard anybody and I might not be good. Like, I don't know. I, it was probably has a lot to do just with where I was in the yeah, age. Yeah. That's I was. what I was about to say. I think it's yeah. a function. I, I think it's a function of age, right? I, okay. I, I, right. I think it's there's probably a certain, true. Like, I like to get, I, I like to get Austin Flynn on um, <laughs> and get his, his unfiltered. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think there's a certain idealism, you know, to like the team you grew up with. Right. And, and, and you, I think that's you, right. uh, yeah, that's you're probably less, less uh, cynical or or um, <laughs> or less battle tested, if you will. Uh, that said, like I, uh, these past two games, you know, I, I I think they will really rue game four because that was that was a a winnable game. Obviously, game five losing the lead, but game four especially too. That said, like I'm not one who's who's writing the obituary mm. on the series or the team. Mm. And well, it's going to be fun when we record the next couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, we we're going to have to either assume they won. Or <laughs> yeah, lost. I, we, we, we need to we need to, to we need to just proceed like we know exactly what happened. I mean, so. if you're following these playoffs right now, and probably the uh, the NBA playoff series are it's it's similar to um, to the NFL season on steroids, where like every week is an indictment mm. of of like the the team the organization. I know I got to get to the bottom true. I got to get to but, the bottom of this Chris Paul thing. But but the uh like the the Clippers Mavs series if you remember there was a period there where it's like the Clippers did all of this and they can't even get past the Mavs in the first round you know they're you know they they come back they they win that now they're up 3-2 against Utah they don't have 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 Kawhi things change so much this 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 Bucks net series um I mean, this has been like the biggest seesaw, right? There was a point where it's like the the you know the Nets are just un un untouchable, mm -hmm. and then it's like you know, oh well, the, well the Bucks rebounded, the the you know how uh, how can Bruce Brown be the one who has the ball? Then the Nets don't know what they're doing late in the games, yeah. and then you they're know the be injuries, Kyrie and Harden, yeah, and you know, and then Durant has that performance when Durant plays like that, no one can beat them, and then. Uh, last night, Chris Middleton goes on. So my my point is 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 that like it's it, the the Sixers coughed up two very winnable opportunities here, and it's it's tough sledding for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, I find it hard to believe they're going to have a better chance to win a title than this year. And no, but I'm like saying, but it's it's absolutely, and I I know I said Zach's it saying it's before. not out of play. Yeah, and yeah, no, he's it's, right. It's like absolutely conceivable that they go down to Atlanta, they win game you know they they win game six and then it, it comes back to game seven like if 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 you think back to lebron's second year with the heat right um uh, when uh or, or was it his 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 first year it, it was it was a, a game six against boston and it's 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 like this is you know a, a lebron can't win this this is it and, and and then lebron turns it on um they pull it out they beat boston and then you know they they win game seven and uh and the rest is history. So my 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 point is, you need to wait for the series to end to write the obituary on it because three two, uh, if you force a game seven, anything can happen. Obviously. Yeah, you're right. There was a great comparison. You're right. It's like an NFL. The NBA playoffs each game is like an NFL week. Yep. Where you're just you know jumping mm -hmm. to conclusions, and uh, you're right. Everybody's like coming up with fake Ben Simmons trades. Exactly. And the, you know by the time our next podcast goes. Uh, live, they could be in the Eastern Conference final. They could be like three wins away from being in the finals. Uh, or yeah. we could be writing the obituary. So uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I guess that's And by the way, of speaking too. of nobody worse aesthetically than uh, Giannis. Like, 
just tough to watch. Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis sorry. Really? I, I enjoy. Yeah, watching don't him. have. I do not enjoy watching him. I enjoy watching I, all these. I, I mean, could think of other players who yeah. are probably worse to watch. Well, I mean, at, at that level, I mean, obviously, like, you know. Uh, all right, we're anyway. over the one hour okay. mark, and we've got two more episodes to. Uh, <laughs> to uh, do here so we can get to your Giannis takes in the next one. Bob. Fair enough. Uh, the last, this, I know this is, we do not need to talk about this, but the last thing was you had on here Bo's vacation take. So I'll very quickly say um, two things. One, uh, I told you this shield, we had, we had a little setup where it was like close to the beach, but also had a pool, which is, is like, that's the dream. Cause MBN. You know, yeah. And well, I mean, very, very <laughs> nice. Uh, MBN for sure. Um, but that's, you know, you don't you don't have to stay at the beach, but you get a little pool time. Fantastic. Um, and then we did uh, we did a little fishing with Casey. He'd been talking about it, um, and so we we did we went on a little boat. I uh, caught caught some flounder. Great time. And I got to say, like I've never been a fishing guy. First fish I caught in my life. I totally get it now. And this is like the easiest really? kind of fishing you can do because it's like you're just trolling the bottom. Um, there's like not not that much skill involved, but like the feeling of like getting that fish on the line reeling it in see like the the anticipation of seeing what's there i totally like i could i could totally see uh like i, I totally get the allure I'm, I'm i'm in on fishing really that see yeah. it's so weird to me that something is swimming in the ocean and then you're eating it for dinner hmm. oh, but people like that yeah i don't i'm not judging i mean i like that yeah i cooked okay. I cook, cooked up the flounder but you also don't have to keep it you can just you can do it for the for the fun of it okay okay my father-in-law is a huge fisherman uh, yeah, so okay. I, I I have some uh, great fishing stories. Meaning there. he's a meaning he's a, a a big fisherman fan, not like a huge person who is also. <laughs> yes, yes, true. Yeah, he he likes to go fishing. What kind of fishing? Is it like normal? Uh, I mean, I in the, I mean, there's like yeah. There's, I'm with you, Zach. I have no. I know <laughs> there's the a bay. fly fishing. I know there's an <laughs> yeah, ice fly fishing, fishing. Yeah, yeah. in a boat, like in a boat. Okay. Where you, yeah, you throw the line. <laughs> not like you know when I was growing up, we used to stand on the rock, you know, on the creek. If, okay, if, if that makes sense. No, like this is like actual fishing. Yeah. All right, that's all we got. All right, uh, buckle in, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. We do oh. have one. More, we do have one more thing. Oh. One thing that you guys didn't mention, and I would like to say to you. Happy Father's Day oh, thank to you, you guys and all of our amazing listeners. And we have a little special message from the littlest members of the Birds with Friends family. What is this? This is. So, hi, Daddy. And um, this is your two daughters, Naya and Leela. I love you. And Leela loves you. That's what she just said. And um, we're giving you this recording for Father's Day and you are awesome and we really love you super much and you're a very special person and I want to be just like you when I grow up. And now Lula has something to say. Go sis! So I love you and Blue Guy loves you. Also just just telling everybody besides Daddy that is my favorite stuffed animal. Blue Guy's her favorite stuffed animal. One, two, three. What do you say? Happy, happy, Daddy. You're the best Daddy in the wide world. Sloney, what do you say to Daddy? Daddy. Say I love you. I love you. Oh my God, that was amazing. Wow. <laughs> Marissa, thank you. Very nice. Thank, thank you. So you. Much.
I had no idea. Yeah, thank you so much. That is a that's touching. Well, you guys, you guys talk a lot about your kids and they mean a lot to you. So I hope you have an amazing weekend with your families and shout out to your wonderful wives who helped me accomplish that uh, via Instagram uh, DM. So oh, nice. <laughs> you know what? That's what funny. Producer. Rich was like, oh, Marissa followed me. That's great. <laughs> I, I got that too. I didn't know what was going on. That was, uh, Marissa, thank you so much. That's great. Seriously. Yes, thank you. So happy Father's yeah. Day now, you know, to you guys. Jane, and all Jane listeners. couldn't say anything. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jane, you know, we got to give her a few years, but she's going to yeah. be on uh, Naya and Lila's level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Naya sounded like she was ready to take over an episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she speaks better than any of us. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Well, thank you very much, Marissa. That's of great. Of course. Of course. Happy Father's Day to you guys and all of our listeners. Yes. Happy birthday to all the fathers out there. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. And as always, we love you.